Hi, Sophia. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Moskan. Delighted to be here. And I am good sitting in gloomy Copenhagen right now. But uh, yeah, so far, so good. Excited for um, for our conversations. I guess I'll agree to the gloomy part here also. But uh, <laughs> moving on, making it a bit more happy and bright. Uh, let's yeah. just start by your introduction. Tell us about yourself. All right, absolutely. Um, so first of all, thank you for inviting me to the podcast. I'm presenting Ascendo uh, as the Chief Marketing Officer. And um, uh, Ascendo is a Chiang Mai-based but Danish-owned company. Uh, and I work there um, as, a, as a Chief Marketing Officer. And at Ascendo, we help companies hire, build, fully manage, and operate offshore teams in our Chiang Mai office. Um, so at Ascendo, we believe in the power of global talents, regardless of geographical boundaries. Um, so we offer our clients all the ease of hiring remote and at the same time, all the benefits of hiring on-site as well. So think about this as um, empowering businesses to scale and achieve cost savings and at the same time maintain operational excellence without compromising on the quality of talents. Um, so as the Chief Marketing Officer at Ascendo, my role is to lead Ascendo's um, positioning, messaging, and public perception to ensure our continued growth. Um, it is a very exciting industry with a lot of misconceptions, as you might know. Uh, so there's a lot of misconceptions to educate about, but also lots of potentials to realize. So I'm very passionate about sharing our expertise. Wow. I mean, it is. I guess uh, it's very different from what I've really heard and discussed in the past few episodes because, um, you know, let's say this is a niche sort of a market wherein um, not that common, but at the same time solving a very big problem in the market, right? So, um, oh, let's just, yeah, let's just start with something as simple as, you know, identifying the target audience for a niche market, because usually we know how the pattern goes, but is it really the same as, as, as with the other industries? How do you really, how do you really identify your target audience? Um, yeah, you, you are right about that. So outsourcing or, or offshore staffing as a niche um, so the outsourcing industry in itself is a very exciting, but also a very challenging industry to be in because it requires, um, uh, what I say, um, the perfect combination between creativity, strategic thinking, and a very deep understanding of the target audience as well as the industry dynamics. Um, so, um, so your question whether or not there is uh, anything in particular that differentiates between how you identify uh, target audience um, within the niche market compared to to others. Um, I would say it uh, in um, holistically it it is similar. Uh, it is a, an approach that combines market research, data analysis, and uh, good old human connections. Uh, so what I mean by that is is, is that you start with a, with a deep understanding of your own strength and what sets you apart from from the rest. Um, mm. It is finding the clarity uh, of what specific value you bring to the table that will guide your targeting effort. So once you've nailed that, it becomes easier to identify the business and the industries that crave your expertise. 
And then you deep dive into your industry and analyze the different segments within the markets. Um, and in that, you look for specific needs, specific pain points or emerging, or emerging trends. And that research will help you identify the niche audience that aligns best with your services. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I guess, I guess... I guess very rightly said because uh, I think so and this process never ends because it might also happen that you start with the thought process but in between or let's say even after years people might understand that okay this was not really working or this is not the direction that they want to go in and then they might want to let's say sort of uh, rebrand or change the direction that they're working in and I think so that is better than moving forward in the wrong direction just stop there do your research again you know take that customer feedback seriously and then move ahead i guess it's it's very uh, important for both um whether it's a service market or a product market anything i think so that really is very important but moving ahead what would you say are these uh, some effective strategies to you know really research and understand what are the needs and preferences of a niche market like yours oh okay so Building on on the previous questions about identifying audience in the niche market, when it comes to truly understanding the needs and the preference of our niche market is about getting up close and personal. And what I mean by that is that you need to have conversations with your target audience. Uh, You have to peer into the world, grasp their unique challenges, uh, in order to offer them a tailored solution that make them say, this is exactly what, what we need. Um, and how do you do that? As I said, you dive headfirst into conversations with your existing clients, but also industry experts. You take time to listen, ask all the right questions, um, mm-hmm. and see this as a journey of discovery where you have the opportunity to uncover the pain points, the aspirations, the challenges, the opportunities. Um, And then uh, you, of course, combine that with your extensive in-depth market research that we also spoke about earlier to uncover any industry trends, emerging challenges, or evolving expectations in the market. Um, So, for instance, um, here at Ascendo, we actively participate in industry forums, we attend events, conferences, and then we engage with thought leaders to gain a deeper understanding of any specific requirements within uh, those niche industries that our uh, our target clients are in. And so these interactions provide a very valuable insight to us and allow us to refine our strategies to meet the unique demands. Um, and, and, you know, when all comes to all, client feedback, it's a goldmine of information. So uh, start there. Start with your existing clients. Actually seek feedback with them. Listen attentively. Ask all the right questions and leverage that to continually improve. Right. I guess very rightly said, Sophia, because um, I think so... I think so it goes all the way, right? But at the same time, this just made a question pop in my head that, you know, uh, there is a role that content marketing plays every time there's a campaign or there's an industry that we're trying to get into, right? So what 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 is that role that content marketing plays in really reaching out and engaging a niche audience? And now, 
you must have some successful content marketing strategies to you know really go with that so what are these yeah absolutely content marketing is um is indeed a very powerful tool uh, especially when it comes to engaging with a niche audience hmm. um and i guess or not i guess um i believe that it's all about creating high value content hmm. and high value content that not only educates but also resonates deeply with the pain points challenges and the opportunities with your target clients um that they are facing hmm. um so let me think about um yeah let me share with you some of successful content marketing strategies that have been proven effective um when it comes to uh, what we have done here at Ascendo um sure. And yeah, so first, first and foremost, of course, it is crucial to understand the specific needs and and uh, challenges of your target audience within uh, within mm-hmm. the industry that they are in. Um, and uh, so we spoke about conducting an in depth market research and seeking actively seeking client feedback uh, to gain those valuable insights. So this knowledge forms the foundation of the content strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, to effectively reach them and connect with them, we need to develop content that provides actionable solutions and address directly those pain points head on. Um, and that uh, those content strategies could take form of insightful industry insights, or case studies, thought leadership articles that showcase your expertise mm-hmm. and demonstrate your ability to deliver results. Um, so another thing to content marketing is also collaboration. Um, right. You could also partner up with industry influencers, inviting guest experts to contribute to uh, to bring forward your content, bring fresh perspective, and enhance the credibility of your messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and also as a, as a, how to say as a positive um, a side note to this, uh, this collaborative. This collaborative approach to content marketing also helps you tap into new networks, expand our reach, which is what we want, and then right. eventually establish ourselves as trusted authorities in the space that uh, that our business is in. Um, uh, and you know, interactive formats like this that we are doing now, webinars, live Q and A sessions, virtual events, physical mm-hmm. events. Uh, also play a vital role in engaging with uh, with our audience, um, niche or not. And this format allows us to also address these specific, uh, how to say, client pain points, questions, and provide uh, perf- um, and provide personalized insight, and also builds relationships based on our expertise, and then build trust. Um, so I think in all of this. What I would like to um, to um, so what is also important for me to say in this is that authenticity and relevance are really the pillars of successful content marketing, whether we're talking about a niche market or not. Um, so it is also about staying true to your brand voice, your brand values, mm. build this genuine trust and connection with the industry that you're targeting. Right. And ensure that your content speaks directly to their unique need and challenges. Um, so, and then offering them those actionable 
advice that they can implement them in their own business. You're very rightly said because I think so we uh, as a podcast production agency, we always say that, that, you know, content is the king because be, podcast being a top of the funnel activity, yeah. we know that, you know, content has to be authentic here because uh, content is there, right? It's becoming exhaustive and very oversalesy already in the market out mm-hmm. there. So why does a podcast stand out? We always say because it helps you make conversations, which in turn helps you make content. So I guess. I guess it's all about the content that you're making and how authentic you can keep it. Very rightly said, Sophia. Now that also mm-hmm. reminded me or uh, made me think of a very small question, like a sub question in between that, um, you know, now for these niche markets, how important is this networking that you were talking about? Like, because, you know, you need to make connections, you need to make more new clients. So how important is networking? Uh, I think networking, uh, if content marketing is the king, then networking is the queen. Um, <laughs> so speaking, <laughs> because they both are tapping into the need and the desire mm. to make, to create and build genuine connections and build genuine understanding of each other's point of views, right. points, challenges, and figuring out how to best, and how in the best possible way uh, tailor a solution that addresses those pain points and offering the practical solution um, mm. to those businesses. So definitely networking. If content marketing is the king, then uh, then networking definitely helps the king. I guess that sums up the whole thing because that ex- <laughs> really explains the importance of it altogether. So um, now jumping to a topic that's more complex than it would really sound, rebranding. I mean, uh, just to say it in a word, that word itself is so heavy because, you know, you've already built a brand, uh, you've built a company now to a brand, and then to just stop there, take a breath, and then do it all over again. Because obviously, rebranding requires you to have a 360 because... Again, you're putting the same kind of efforts. Again, you're, um, you know, trying to solve those same questions which you started with. But um, I don't know how late it is or how early it is. But that question still remains that, you know, even after rebranding, will this work? Will this company still work? Or is this the right direction that we're going into? So moving to that, what could be the key possible reasons, Sophia, that, you know, a company would consider rebranding? Oh, I would love to to answer this question because this is exactly what we have been doing for the past a year and a half. Let oh. me just start by let's just start by agreeing that rebranding is a very complex process and it's more than just a logo change. It's more than just revamping, revamping your logo, your brand sets. Hmm. Uh, doing that is simply just a brand refresh. Okay. Rebranding is really like shedding your old skin and embracing a new identity hmm. um, is, is a really exciting opportunity that allows companies like Ascender to redefine or even reinvent ourselves um, in making and a lasting impact in the industry. Um, and um, so back to your question, there are, key re- there are uh, quite a few key reasons why a company might consider rebranding uh, and of course, that de- that all depends on uh, where they are in, uh, uh, and, and and it all depends on where they are uh, in their in their journey, um, mm. and what market uh, what market conditions 
but uh, some of the uh, the few key reasons could be um, explained. So one of the few key reasons to why a company might consider rebranding it could be the one that they want to expand into new markets. Uh, they are adapting to changing industry or dynamics, which uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit later. This is one of the reasons why a single has been executing on rebranding. Hmm. Or this is why Asilu has been on a rebranding journey for the past year. Um, or and, uh, some other uh, key reason could be that they simply want to embrace a fresh vision for the future. Um, hmm. And the goals can are also different uh, depending on what key reason for that rebranding. It could be to attract new customers, to stay relevant, to stay connected to existing customers to strengthen their market positioning or and to stand out from the competition. Um, so if we take Ascendo as an example to illustrate the power of rebranding, um, we started our journey at Ascendo actually in 2010 as a digital marketing and a web agency. So we were definitely not an offshore staffing company going into this. We, um, we recognize as we go that there uh, there was an emerging trend among our clients that they got interested in completely offshore their marketing and web development functions instead of acquiring those services on a project base. Us, they saw the strategic advantage of accessing a pool of global talent for mm -hmm. much less compared to hiring on-site. And, um, and we embraced this opportunity fully. So it led us to make this bold decision to rebrand and completely shift our focus entirely to offshore staffing. So by this rebranding, we had the opportunity to position ourselves as a trusted partner in the offshore staffing industry. Wow. So it, it breathed new life into our identity and allow us to tell our story in a fresh and exciting way. Um, so yeah, as, um, and this is also thanks to this rebranding that you and I are having this conversation right now. Right? I guess. Um, <laughs> then, yeah. then thanks to that. I mean, yeah, yeah <laughs> because we actually might be. Yeah, because this branding also led us to our collaboration with Mountas.com, which is our shared, uh, industry peer. Um, mm. so. With our rebranding, uh, Ascendo also became a trusted partner for businesses to who look to scale the business and grow the teams offshore. Um, it helped us uh, differentiate ourselves from our previous um, from our previous competitors, uh, and it also helped us establish a strong market presence and attract new clients in our new industry. So, hmm. in a nutshell, rebranding is a very powerful tool that can transform. A company um, and can transform how a company is perceived and positioned in the industry, and right. it it allows companies to redefine and reinvent themselves. Wow! I mean, uh, 
I guess for a startup also, I mean, this just came to my head that for a startup also, it it is important to, you know, first of all, start with a very strong message or let's say vision. But at the same time, now they have that sort of, um, let's say, capacity or uh, freedom to, you know, really go, even if it's an year that they've started or two, they can somewhere or the other juggle with their thoughts and, uh, you know, sort of add a few services or products to their already existing market. And still keep building but for a brand that has been there in the market since uh, let's say an year like 2010 that is actually we we go way back there right so to change yeah. it all together it's it's a very difficult job but at the same time as you said it's a very powerful tool to have because you know now you have the whole world at your feet right because you can choose how to narrate the story of your brand how to re-narrate it how to change it maybe mm-hmm. and at the same time now that uh Ascendo has done a bit of uh, rebranding itself uh does it does it feel any different or like uh, when do you start seeing the difference oh we started seeing the difference as soon as we introduced the idea of rebranding um because um you know rebranding means transformation as i just mentioned it means uh, reinvent yourself it means mm. to reiterate it means a chance to uh to revamp yourself and right. with that comes a lot of changes and as human beings we are not the most comfortable with uh, facing or adapting to changes mm. so definitely the first thing uh or the first time we felt any difference was the that's the first time we introduced the idea of doing a rebranding, a complete rebranding of the company. <laughs> so now that you've been doing it, Sophia, you must you must already know that uh, there there has to be some sort of alignment to what you're doing and what now you need to bring in to bring some change, right? So how important is it to really align uh, the rebranding or your rebranding strategy with the with the you know overall business strategy that's been building and the objectives that has been going around and what role exactly does strategic planning play in the rebranding process oh where do we start um <laughs> uh okay so must get another quick another great question um i i think uh let's start by looking at rebranding as part of uh the business objectives as part of our long-term goals. Uh, As I mentioned, rebranding is the opportunity to reinvent yourself, to re-establish your long-term existence in the industry, uh, among other things. So it is crucial, it is pivotal to to align the branding effort with the long-term goals and long-term business objectives. Okay, so before you initiate any rebranding process, you of course need to ask yourself a lot of deep and clarifying questions. You need to define what is the clear objectives and goals and what mm-hmm. success look like for a rebranding for your company. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve through this rebranding? Is it uh, about gaining competitive edge? It is reconnected with your target audience after 10 years of the same uh, product, the same services, the same branding? Is it expanding into new, complete new markets and, and new territories? Or do you want to reposition your brand? 
Um, so how do you want your existing but also new cost uh, how do you want your existing but also new customers to feel about your company and your brand and mm. what are the, uh, what are the outcomes of the uh, of this process what does the criteria for the successful reap look like um, yeah. so I think your question is already um, I think your question already strongly implied that strategic planning, it, it is the backbone of a rebranding process and it is the backbone of a successful rebranding because right. it, it guides every decisions and ensures that every element align with your business vision. Um, so, you know, I'm referring back to, to what I said earlier about conducting in-depth market analysis, uh, competitor research, uh, research about your customers, um, asking for feedback from your existing customers. Um, mm. So by connecting those dots or mm. connecting the dots between all these, you can make informed decisions that support your long-term goals. Wow. And by doing that, I think so there must be some potential challenges or let's say risks that might be involved with this rebranding effort that we're doing, right? So how can companies sort of mitigate or like yeah right like mitigate these risks and ensure a successful transition yeah so what i mentioned before about um the first time we experience any changes in our rebranding or as part mm -hmm. of our rebranding was the first time we introduced the idea of rebranding right so a rebranding journey sounds thrilling, sounds exciting, but it definitely comes with challenges and risk. Um, okay. As I also said earlier, a brand transformation starts with a deep understanding of your company's core value. Mm. Uh, and that reflects a commitment from everyone uh, to those core values. Um, and uh, it concerns those commitments towards the objectives behind the change. So even though go, you know, undergoing a rebranding initiative is a very exciting journey for company, it involves significant risk of resistance mm. uh, from stakeholders, internal and external stakeholders, because you know, mm. as human beings, we are not comfortable with change. Uh, so True. resistance, yeah. So uh, so getting resistance from stakeholders, including employees, management, even uh, the, your, you know, even your most loyal customers, uh, it can have a negative impact on the rebranding effort. Mm. Um, so mm, I, I think it is important to, to talk about like, why are people resistant for change is because they fear the unknown. Um, so how can we then mitigate um, those fears? Uh, mm -hmm. We can start by involving all those stakeholders from the get-go, um, create a sense of shared ownership, and uh, create a sense of buy-in. We need to engage them in the process um, from the get-go, seek their input, ask for their concerns, right? Uh, ask for their ideas, and 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 by you know asking those questions and engaging with them, you you alleviate uh, the potential for resistance and you help build support for your rebranding initiatives. Um, so, um, yeah, so as a note to that, 
Um, it's also about being transparent and being open, communicate openly about the reasons behind the rebranding and what are the benefits that uh, we envision for that rebranding. Because uh, talking about the reasons behind the rebranding uh, mm-hmm. with your stakeholders also help address any doubts and confusions that they have uh, for why are we doing this? Uh, we have been existing and operating and you know, fully functioning for the past 10 years. So why should we do that? Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think another a big challenge that company are facing when are they when they are taking on a rebranding journey as something very exciting is that uh, they tend to not uh, understand the the uh, the crucial importance of aligning your rebranding with your target audience <laughs> um, right. so yeah because your re uh, so your rebranding efforts might not resonate at all with your intended audience and this is also what we see often with huge brands uh, and huge mm. uh, rebranding efforts globally um, so um, an in-depth again an in-depth customer research and analysis are essential to understanding whether or not you actually should uh, kickstart a rebranding initiative and how you're mm. going to do that um, and you know, understanding those preferences and needs and expectations of your your customers is crucial. Right. I guess I guess very rightly said because uh, from your expressions itself, Sophia. I mean, because you've been through it, it just seemed that when I brought the question up about challenges, you were literally yeah. into it. You were like, "Okay, I get it. I I'm coming Definitely. from there. <laughs> it's yeah, going on yeah. in my head right now." And because I we think just so came you... on the other side. Right. I mean, when you go through these roadblocks and challenges, you don't really feel anything because now you can talk about it. But while I I would have, if I would have asked you in that process, during that process, I don't think so. You would have been that confident or like telling me that, okay, okay, we did this or these are the things or challenges that could come. Exactly. I would not have been that calmly (laughs) speaking about those challenges. Which definitely <laughs> says that you need to be very patient with this process because you could literally be like, here we go again. But uh, now you have to do yeah. it. You have to go through the whole process, which oh, which brings me to the one of the last questions, really, that, uh, you know, you mentioned something when I asked that, uh, you know, the effects or let's say the... Uh, the results you see from the first day of rebranding itself, right? So uh, related to that only now, how can a company really measure the success of a rebranding effort? Like uh, what are what are the really metrics or indicators uh, that we should monitor to assess the impact that it's been creating, the rebranding of a company? Mm. Okay, so another great question, Muskan. <laughs> so... Uh, Measuring the impact is, of course, the the moment of truth, right? Um, because um, all those efforts, all those plannings, all those struggles, challenges, uh, going into this rebranding and planning and executing on this this rebranding, uh, we must be able to look ourselves and look each other in the eyes and and understand and agree on whether or not it is a success and in what way it is a success. But it is such a hard thing to do uh, before, during, and after as well. But mm. uh, some definitely those, uh, how to say, 
measuring the impact efforts should be established before going into this, as I mentioned, um, is to understand what we're trying to achieve and in what way. But some key metrics and indicators that uh, we should monitor could be, uh, of course, the obvious one is brand awareness and brand perception. Mm. Um, and, and, and how are we going to, uh, uh, to understand whether or not uh, we have achieved an increase in brand awareness and, and a better and stronger brand perception or is simply to ask simply to ask your existing clients and ask your uh, your potential clients that you are in conversations with. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do uh, surveys, you can monitor social media mentions, uh, you of mm-hmm. course track your, your website traffic um to to assess the change in your brand awareness um are people are more people recognizing and engaging with your brand after uh after the rebranding uh, and has the sentiment around your brand improved since that yeah so as part of conducting survey is of course also to your existing clients and maybe also consider interview them to understand uh to understand their perception of our rebranding are they positively responding to our changes? Are they satisfied mm. with the new uh, new effort that we're putting in after our rebranding? Because this insight, this feedback, uh, how to say, gives insight into whether or not our rebranding has been successful when it comes to uh, strengthening our, our positioning in the market. Mm. And then, of course, are we requiring new clients? Uh, and uh, are we converting uh, leads into uh, and are we converting leads into paying clients in a higher rate mm-hmm. than before? Uh, of course, you 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 look at those numbers, um, and, uh, and that's also one way to assess whether you have been effectively positioned uh, your company in the market after the rebranding and. And another obvious one is, of course, the financial indicators, uh, our revenue growth, customer retention rates, etc. Yeah. So, of course, you look at those things, those obvious things to assess whether or not your uh, all your big effort in doing the rebranding, winning over stakeholders by uh, mitigate risk and, and resistance uh, have been worth it. True. I guess that would be the ROI that you can get from anything and like as the best measurable output, right? But uh, now my last question to you, Sophia, would be that, you know, uh, okay, now you have done rebranding again and it's going, okay, it happened. But what if it still didn't work? Like what if that that also doesn't work for a brand? I mean, that, that would be sad a lot of effort again would have gone in, but again, if it's not just really working, what then? Then you iterate, then you pivot, then you ask your customers, then you ask your employees, then you engage in those conversations to gain deep insight into what is not working. Um, and then you try again. And uh, there's no other way to to navigate yourself out of uh, how to say learnings everything is a learning experience and uh, I don't see how to say uh, an un- unsuccessful rebranding as a failure is a learning 
uh, everything is a learning opportunity. And uh, you ask you ask more questions, you ask better questions to understand what you missed the first time, and you learn from that. And then you love that. <laughs> love this that time totally. You, you even yeah, because this time you're even more clever. You have more experience with what mm. you should do and should not do. I mean, failure is definitely the best teacher, right? So, I mean, you only yeah. learn and learn even if you fail. So, I guess that was the that was a great advice for this episode. But uh, sadly, coming to an end, it was a great <laughs> conversation. I had so much fun talking to you. So nice of you to come to our show, and uh, I hope we have more such conversations in the future. But thank you so much, Sophia, for coming in and joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for the invite, Moskin. I I really enjoy this, um, uh, and I, I hope that uh, our share audience will will enjoy our conversation and you know and uh, and us you know thinking through the topics of rebranding for growth. Um, yes. And yeah, thank you once again for letting me part of this podcast, and I look forward to more collaboration in the future with. Uh, yeah, with you and podcasters.com. <laughs> Thank you. Same here.